It's week five. We've got your rankings. Welcome to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Miles Nelson. And with us, as always, Eric Smith, the number four ranked expert in kicker accuracy. Eric, when is uh, kickerlist.com launching? It's, it's a huge honor. It's the most important position in fantasy football, and I'm very proud to be in the top five. I'm, I'm going for number one now. So by season's end, I plan to be the number one ranked kicker uh, ranker in the, in, the, in the whole world. So very excited about this honor. Thank you, Miles, for bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, look, when anytime you're top five in anything, it's very important, which is why we also made sure to bring on our top five uh, guillotine league finisher. I mean, still early in the season. He's got plenty of time to, to get eliminated. But Ryan Heath, Ryan, welcome. Hey, Miles. Thanks for having me. I'm excited as always this week. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well in the guillotine league, mostly because I have our boy Cordero Patterson on my roster. I, I don't know how I could possibly lose when I'm starting him at my RB2. Doing better than Dalvin Cook, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, I'm ready to get going on the rankings this week. Yeah, doing doing better than Aaron Jones as well, who has become the bad luck charm in our guillotine league. He has now been uh, on the waiver wire, I think, three times with three different teams that started Aaron Jones have now been eliminated. So uh, graphic designer Justin Paradis has him now. Uh, he, he bid big money for him. He believes in Aaron Jones. So we'll see if the curse continues. Uh, all right, we're going to get started on, on our rankings, get talking about uh, who you should be sitting, who you should be starting this week. Um, but obviously as you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're going to talk about as many players as we can. We can't talk about every single player. So if there's a player that you want to, uh, you know, hear more about, uh, see our, our, you know, analysis on go to qblist.com. Uh, we'll have the sit start article up uh, Thursday morning. So probably by the time that you're listening to this and, uh, we go over every single fantasy relevant player there. So, um, if you want to, uh, you know, there's more that you want to know. Uh, you want to get a different opinion, you don't like what Eric's thoughts are, you can go to our website and check out the article. You will also be able to check out Eric's rankings. Uh, they'll be on the site tomorrow as well, sometime before game time. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for those rankings to get posted, but you'll be able to see where Eric has all of uh, the players ranked for this week in week five. Eric, you know, I know you haven't quite finished your rankings yet, but who are two players that you feel pretty confident you're going to be sitting this week uh, that might surprise us? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, J.D. McKissick. I think a couple big plays are kind of floating his value so far this year. Um, and then Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm going to be sitting both of them this week. Yeah, J.D. McKissick had uh, five targets, five receptions, 44 yards. I mean, that's that's good in PPR leagues from a running back. Uh, you know, it was against uh, Atlanta, though. So I think anyone probably could have put up those numbers against them. And then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, how much of that is just based on all of the injury news in Pittsburgh, which we'll get to in a sort of like – there's like two full pages of injury notes for them. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Roto world. Um, no, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a factor. I think, I think basically like Deontay Johnson is the better possession receiver. Now chase Claypool has some upside with his downfield ability. Juju's just kind of being phased out by Najee Harris on the short passes. So I don't know. There's not much upside with Juju. So I'm just not that excited to play him anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, Najee's also been a, a huge uh, target hog this year, at least for a running back. So um, that is also part of it. Uh, was it 19 targets a couple weeks ago when like the entire receiver core was uh, hurt and then another seven targets this past week? Ryan, who are two players that, that you're going to be sitting this week? Yeah, I'll be sitting Miles Gaskin against the Buccaneers. Maybe it's not that surprising for those of you that have him rostered and saw how he performed last week, but he's pretty much been phased out of this running game. So that's really not good. And the Bucs are a tough matchup. So I don't think there's any way you can have Gaskin in your lineup this week. Also, I'm sitting Darnell Mooney. 
I understand a lot of people are really excited about him. They think he's going to take over as the Bears number one, but I'm not totally buying it. Allen Robinson has a really long history of production. This is a pretty small sample size of people saying that Mooney has been more productive this year, especially with fields. So overall, I'm just staying away from the Chicago passing game for now, but I would not be starting Darnell Mooney this week as a lot of people might want to. Yeah, I mean, it's one one thing for sure with Mooney, you know, that big play last week, it was a, a great ball from uh, Justin Fields to hit uh, Mooney downfield. I think that was like a 60 yard pass, something like that. It was a really, really nice play. But, um, you know, it's also a very questionable passing game. Um, Justin Fields has not been, you know, exactly the, the model of consistency uh, or excellence this year. And then with Miles Gaskin, look, here's the thing. The Dolphins were down pretty early on to the Colts. Um, They're down 17 to three at one point in the third quarter. So, okay, you know, maybe they're passing the ball a lot more. Um, But Gaskin wasn't involved at all in the passing game, zero targets. Um, He was uh, outrushed by Malcolm Brown, eight attempts from Brown to three, to sorry, for two for Gaskin. So just yet another game where Malcolm Brown just, you know, did stuff that us fantasy managers don't like. Uh, And then this is also a game where Will Fuller got hurt, only had 14 snaps. So for Gaskin to be as uninvolved as that when they're passing the ball a lot, um, Fuller's not out there. It just, it was really disappointing to see from Gaskin. So uh, I'm fully on board with you there. I don't think you, I mean, especially against Tampa Bay, I really don't see um, how you can start him, which of course means he's probably going to have his best game um, so far this season because that's just the way things go sometimes. Uh, but who are, Ryan, we'll go back to you. Who are two players that uh, you think people are, are going to sit this week that you're going to go out there and start? Yeah, you have permission to start Josh Jacobs this week. I've been really down on him all season, but he just showed up on after a short week of practice and carried the full workload. Kenyon Drake wasn't that involved. Jacobs was involved in the passing game, and now they get to play against Chicago in a game they're favored in. Peyton Barber might not be playing. Yeah, give me all the Josh Jacobs if he's going to be involved as a workhorse. And then really the same thing with Leonard Fournette. I know there's a lot of groans from the peanut gallery when we say to play Leonard Fournette. But Giovanni Bernard obviously missed last game. We're not sure if he's going to play this weekend, but it shouldn't really matter because the Buccaneers are going to absolutely crush the Dolphins. So I think Fournette is going to benefit from this game script. Ronald Jones is so far out into space, like barely even involved in the on the Buccaneers team anymore. He could be cut for all we know. Like, let's see what happens. But Leonard Fournette, I feel very confident about as well. Yeah, it's it, two two running backs that I don't think we're particularly interested from from like a they're exciting or or you know like that they're gonna I don't know maybe not they don't have the big playability but it's like we feel better about their volume um, and to kind of highlight that last week the Las Vegas running backs uh, got a total of twenty touches throughout the game eighteen of them were Josh Jacobs. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber each had one rush attempt. Drake was not even targeted in the passing game. And I think he was pretty much the only running back on the field in the, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the game during that two minute drill as they were trying to come back against the Chargers. So that, I mean, really just goes. So if we're looking for running back with volume that you can count on surprisingly, based on what all of us internet sleuths were, were thinking when uh, we thought we figured out John Gruden's tell and that Jacobs was out for the season, we were all wrong. John, John Gruden boomed us. Uh, Josh Jacobs is back and he is, he's fully, uh, you know, he's getting that full workload there in Las Vegas. So he had five um, targets, five targets for Josh Jacobs. That might be a career high. That might be, that might be. While <laughs> I look that up, Eric, who are the two players that you're surprisingly starting? 
Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this first one depends on Joe Mixon's health, but I'm starting Samaj P. Ryan if Mixon's out. Uh, the Bengals like P. Ryan. They trust him. Um, he had a big game last year, even with Gio Bernard around. And uh, P. Ryan was already getting in on third downs last week before Mixon got hurt. So I like him this week against the Packers. And then uh, Jamison Crowder. I mean, you know, he comes back first game um, after, you know, starting out the season, sitting out and nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, I, I just think that's really impressive for week one coming back and he gets Atlanta this week. So I know Elijah Moore might be back. Um, it could eat into Crowder's work a little bit, but um, he's a really good slot receiver. I think they're going to keep featuring him, especially in this nice matchup. I feel like Crowder came out and was what we all thought Corey Davis was going to be. Well, he had a good game as well. So um I don't know. It, this uh, this offense is still a little based on big play, out of structure stuff from, um, you know, Zach Wilson. But it's just I, I think they're going to get the ball to Crowder here, and I think he's a pretty decent PPR option. By the way, I just want to uh, speaking of that Jets game, just real quick shout out to my mom because she is in a uh, like a work pool uh, where they just they pick the winners of each game each week, and she won pretty much on the back of picking New York to pick, to beat Tennessee. Um, that was wow. like she was like the only person that picked that one. So um, well done. Uh, I don't know how, how much thought went into my mom picking the Jets there, but it was a good pick by her, clearly. Uh, by the way, Josh Jacobs' career high in targets is six uh, in last year <laughs> in week one, uh, but five receptions is a career high for him. So uh, Josh Jacobs, a career, career game uh, against the Chargers. Uh, we're going to, by the way, you mentioned Samaj PR. We're definitely going to talk about Joe Mixon. Um, and I, we can start off with him because uh, we're, we're, I was going to transition into injury news and notes anyway. So let's start with Joe Mixon. Uh, Mixon did not practice. Um, he's dealing with a low grade ankle sprain. Uh, head coach Zach Taylor, you know, did say that they expect Mixon to be day to day. Of course, last year they said he was week to week and that ended up being, um, week to every week, <laughs> the rest of the season. So what, what does day to day mean in Cincinnati? Like day to next month? It's sad. They're withholding information from the opponents here. Miles, you can't give away too much or they'll still game plan appropriately. So um, I'm sure he'll be just fine. He'll be out there on Sunday, just looking like the mixing of old. You don't think he's day to Veterans Day or day to Thanksgiving Day or day to Black Friday? I would expect him to miss this week because uh, with, like you said, with what happened last year, they should not be rushing him out there. But we will see. Um, but they have been playing him like a workhorse this year. And uh, that's kind of why I think you give him a week, let him get right, and uh, get him back to his old role. Okay, so if he's not playing, where are we ranking Samaj P. Ryan? Yeah, so I mean, I was actually going back and forth on P. Ryan and Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I have P. Ryan at the RB23 range. I just, I think this matchup at home against the Packers, um, they finally opened up Burrow last week against the Jaguars. Uh, they're going to have to pass. They're going to have to move the ball here against the Packers. And I know that doesn't always play into the running back, but um, like I said, P. Ryan was playing third downs already. And if they're going to be putting out more points, playing faster pace, that's going to be a good thing for the offense in general. So I like P. Ryan this week. He's right around like Trey Sermon, Damian Williams, Fournette, that kind of range of running backs for me, because uh, I just, I don't think the rookie Chris Evans is going to take on as big of a role as some people think. And we may get P. Ryan nearly a three down role here if Mixon's out. That's that's cool that uh, Chris Evans is finding stuff to do after retiring from from being Captain America. But I'm I'm happy he's uh, pursuing uh, uh, his passion for football. Uh, uh, so Samaji P Ryan RB twenty three for you. Obviously, if Mixon doesn't play, if Mixon plays, then P Ryan's not startable. Um, Ryan, uh, are you as high on P Ryan as Eric? 
I'm not quite as high as Eric is. Um, and part of that is because I expect Chris Evans to mix in a little bit like he's Captain America. How can you not mix him in on third downs occasionally? But just just for the record, for anyone that this is not the same Chris Evans. <laughs> we have to clarify that. Apparently. We, we got to make sure. <laughs> but yeah, I'm expecting Evans to be somewhat involved. I don't know that P Ryan is just going to walk into a three down workhorse role. So I'm a little more conservative on him right now. I've got him right between like Javante Williams and Chuba Hubbard. So he's a flexible option. So you could play him if you picked him up and Mixon isn't playing, but I wouldn't be jamming him in a lineup over guys like Leonard Fournette or Josh Jacobs, like we just talked about. Okay, I don't want to take too much away from from a segment I'm going to do later, but I I want to ask just because this is a, a I think kind of a topic that some people are are dealing with, which is if you picked up Samaj P Ryan during waivers because I think he was uh, one of the most added players during this waiver period, but uh, now with the news about Chris Carson potentially not playing tomorrow night, and it's going to be tougher for him to play Thursday night football against the Rams. If you're sitting there and you picked up P Ryan as your end of bench running back that that you might start, would you drop him for Alex Collins because you you feel maybe better that Collins is going to actually get the starting role versus P Ryan. Um, not for me. I don't love the matchup against the Rams. Uh, Carson has not been involved in the passing game. So I really think with Collins, you're looking at a very touchdown dependent role. You're hoping for 15 carries and, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown. I just, I don't know. I don't see a complete game there out of Collins. And you're just basically, like I said, hoping for touchdowns in this one. And the, I think the Rams are going to be angry after that Cardinals game. Yeah, I agree. I would roll with P Ryan over Collins, even if Carson's out. I mean, Collins, the reason that he has had at least a little bit of value so far is his usage in the red zone. He outtouched Carson in the red zone last week, three to one. So like Eric said, you're really looking for touchdowns and that's not necessarily going to come against the Rams. I would rather gamble on P Ryan and hope that he has a real three down role in what will probably be a higher scoring game uh with the Packers and Bengals so I'd go with P Ryan there yeah Seattle and uh, Rams games are always low scoring like it's just always a very hard hard fought low scoring game so I definitely understand that um hold on one second I have some transactions I need to go reverse real quick um all right cool Uh, (laughs) so uh let's talk about uh some fun stuff Christian McCaffrey practiced um definitely i think a bit of a surprise has been 13 days uh since he suffered his hamstring strain uh i i know they didn't put him on on ir but that seemed at the time more of like a like a uh you know speak it into existence just like you know wishful (laughs) thinking kind of thing um he was limited in practice uh but i mean do we expect him to play this weekend and does this make chuba hubbard droppable no, I would be holding on to Chuba Hubbard. Uh, we talked about on the What We Saw podcast, like at some point, like not that you're going to be starting Hubbard if, if McCaffrey's out there, but at some point they've got to ease off of him a little bit to keep him healthy. This is two straight years where the injuries are popping up. So um, no, I would keep Hubbard around, see if there's a little bit more of a you know 70-30 mix and see if McCaffrey can stay healthy for more than a week. But if he's practicing, you're playing him. You know, So if he's out there on Sunday, you're absolutely playing McCaffrey. Yeah, I kind of assume he's going to play since he's been practicing. That's sort of my rule early on in the week. And then we adjust if that seems to change. So, yeah, obviously, if he's out there, you're playing him. You're not playing Hubbard. I think you can drop him. I Like, um, if you have McCaffrey and Hubbard on a roster, I can understand hanging on to him in case there's a setback during the game, like we saw with Dalvin Cook last week. But I think that Hubbard isn't a must-roster 
if McCaffrey is a full go and gets through these next couple of weeks uh, injury free. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if he gets to these next, so you're saying maybe hang on to him in the short term, like keep regardless, keep Hubbard for like at least a week and just make sure McCaffrey doesn't re-aggravate the injury. Yeah, that's how I would play it because look like you're potentially looking at Alexander Madison getting an actual workload this week, depending what Mm -hmm. happens with Dalvin Cook. It was kind of cloudy there. They never announced anything officially, but he definitely messed up his ankle again last game. So if we see something similar with McCaffrey, then you'll be glad that Hubbard was on your bench through Sunday. Yeah, Dalvin Cook also limited in practice, uh, so we'll definitely uh, have to monitor that situation as well. Um, A.J. Brown was back at practice on Wednesday, um, uh, and Julio Jones was not, which is kind of surprising because Brown was ruled out, I think, a lot earlier in the week than Jones was. So, you know, based on that alone, you'd think Jones would come back sooner. But uh, Julio missed practice, dealing with the hamstring. Brown uh, at practice, um, you know, he was labeled as week-to-week. And then Nick Westbrook at Kine also missed practice, but based on how much volume he had, I don't – I don't know that we care about Westbrook at kind, whether regardless of, of health there in, in Tennessee. Uh, I mean, Hey, he had eight targets last week, but uh, yeah, I didn't turn it into much. So it's a mess if AJ Brown and Julio aren't out there. Um, I think Josh Reynolds saw a little more work, but you're not starting any of those guys outside of AJ Brown. I, I wouldn't trust Julio Jones, even if he did play this week. So AJ Brown's the only one I'm looking at. Okay. So Brown's healthy. You're playing Brown. Otherwise, it do, even if Julio's full go, like you don't want to play him this week. Yeah, just because I I think when Brown's out there, he's generally out there and he's playing. We've seen so many of these games from Julio where he's kind of half the snaps, a little limited, and I just I wouldn't want to mess with that. So Brown's a huge playmaker, much younger. I I would just trust him at this stage of his career over Julio. Yeah, if Julio does play, then the floor is definitely very low. He could definitely just be in a decoy role. But I will say that if you're playing daily fantasy in like a large field tournament, I think he's a good play in that scenario. But yeah, just with the downside risk here, you probably don't want him in your lineup in a normal seasonal fantasy league. Uh, If you're in there's some people in leagues out there where where running back is really hard to come by. Uh, And if you're in one of those leagues, uh, what are your thoughts on if, if AJ Brown's not playing, if Julio's not playing on uh, Titans target leader last week, uh, Jeremy McNichols as a as a back end running back? Like, it, like I'm not saying we're ranking him high, um, but just in terms of like someone that's going to get a, a volume workload, and he again 12 targets last week as a running back. I mean, is that a possibility again? Yeah, I mean, they got him a touchdown the week before in the red zone. Like they are using him. Uh, I would worry. Like last week, the game script fed into this 12 targets they're playing Jacksonville this week so uh but they did play the Jets last week and they they were in a bad game script so who knows <laughs> but uh uh you know so if that flips it could be bad but I mean I've got him in the RB 46 range and I do think he's a, worth a spot on your bench um in some deeper leagues I just don't know if I'd be starting him this week all right that, that's that's higher than I expected you to rank him so I, I feel I feel slightly validated in, in asking the question at yeah. least um Ryan is McNichols in your top 50 He's not in my top 50, but I do actually think he's one of the better bench stashes. The way the Titans have been using Derrick Henry, it it could eventually lead him to get injured, right? Like, I know Derrick Henry is invincible and Superman and will never get injured, and I'm knocking on wood as I say this, but, like, there's clearly a lot of volume available here. And, I mean, maybe in, like, a blowout game script, he gets used in the fourth quarter if Henry already has 25 or 30 carries. So even if he's not getting the target volume, there's a path to him getting, like, 
five or six points if you're super desperate for running back production. So you could do worse, I think. Okay. Um, the Chiefs promoted Josh Gordon from the practice squad. Uh, reports of his performance in practice have been absolutely glowing. Uh, I think it was Travis Kelsey who said he's doing some stuff with route running that like he's never seen before. Uh, so uh, I, <laughs> I got to ask again, do we need to stash him? Is he someone that you need to add and, and keep on your bench uh, and see what happens with this Kansas City offense? I mean, like, again, if you had a deep enough bench, fine, but – I feel like it's going to take a few weeks regardless, and I would just rather let someone else burn that roster spot. There's so much depth. We were talking about before the show. There's so much depth at receiver. I think there's some interesting names out there. Um, you know, someone like Van Jefferson, I have ranked wide receiver 58 this week, and I wanted to rank him higher. And there's just too many good receivers, so I'd rather not mess with them personally. Yeah, I mean, you can do it for fun, I guess. That's like really <laughs> the best reason I can think of to add Josh Gordon. I did rank him this week at number 71. I usually only go 70 deep at receiver, but I <laughs> had to sneak him in there because I knew this question was coming. But Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Um, if you have the following, like would you drop any of the following players to stash Josh Gordon? Uh, Christian Kirk. I'd keep Kirk. Keep Kirk. Sterling Shepard. I I want to keep Shepard. This I wish I had some more information on this injury, but um yeah, keep Shepard. Yeah, keep Shepard. Okay, uh Rondale Moore. I'd still keep Moore. I, I've got him stashed on a bench, so yeah, keep more, more upside. Um let's have fun. Mecole Hardman. <laughs> I mean that's the true question, isn't it? Uh how how bad are these secondary receivers on the Chiefs and how quickly can he pass them? Um it can't be a good sign that they brought him in. So I don't know. Uh, I know Mecole's in waivers in a few leagues. Sure, I'll, I'll take Gordon over Mecole. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I think we've seen Mecole get enough chances and he hasn't shown anything. What are, what are you actually hoping for if you have Mecole on your roster? Yeah, give me Gordon over him. Okay, and then Ryan, this question is just for you. Uh, Brian Edwards. Oh, man. <laughs> You don't have to answer that. No one's rostering Brian Edwards anyway, so don't worry. Plenty of people have already dropped him for Josh Gordon. Uh, all right. Justin Fields has been named the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Um, so that's cool. I mean, we're, we're finally done with, with you know, pretending that Andy Dalton uh, deserves to start over uh, a guy that was picked in the top 10 for the Bears. But what does this mean for Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney? Does this downgrade like week in and week out where you're kind of base ranking them. Have they done that to themselves enough, or at least Allen Robinson uh, so far this season? Like what does Justin Fields being under center mean for you? I mean, I think it just injects a lot of uncertainty into the situation. I mean, they're not worse off starting fields over Dalton. So um, I don't think it hurts them. Um, There's always the chance that he's got a better connection with Moody and uh, Moody surpasses Robinson, but I do expect that there's a, a second stage to Robinson's uh, 2021. So I think it's good things for both of them. I hope that they don't protect fields too much. Like they actually have a nicely schemed offense and open things up here soon. Um, they got some potential shootouts, Las Vegas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh coming up. So yeah, I, I think it's good overall. We just need to get fields in a rhythm here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's too early to make a confident prediction for what this actually means for the Bears passing game. Like they haven't really opened it up enough to the point where we can make judgments on Justin Fields quite yet. 
So I wouldn't be starting Bears pass catchers this week, but you definitely should be watching with a lot of interest to see how the target volume shakes down if he's attempting a lot of passes. Because, I mean, last week, David Montgomery scored two rushing touchdowns in like the first quarter. So that's not a game script they're always going to be in. So you want to take a look and see what happens, basically. Yeah, no Montgomery Uh, through the bye week. I mean, they could have to be pass heavy here. I don't know if Damian Williams is going to get 35 carries here. Yeah, so that that's where I was about to ask about what you think this does for the run game. And uh, yeah, David Montgomery out four to five weeks uh, with that knee injury that he suffered late in Sunday's game. Really, I mean, that's just terrible. Great that he avoided a season-ending injury, but uh, definitely sucks. Montgomery was playing really well this year. Um, I know we talk a lot about running quarterbacks being good for running backs. Do we think Damian Williams, uh, like this gives him a good chance at, at being, you know, like a, a regular starter on our fantasy teams? Yeah, I mean, I think running quarterbacks can open up the running game for the running backs. Uh, I think if this was Andy Dalton, I could see Damian Williams getting about 10 checkdowns a game. So I actually think it'd be a little better maybe for Damian Williams if uh, Dalton was starting. Um, But I mean, really, we just want this offense scoring points and getting touchdowns. So if Fields looks good, I do think it's going to boost Damian Williams. Just I'm not sure if the pass catching will be there. But, um, you know, again, we just have to see this offense develop a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And that's where Damian Williams is probably best suited to do damages in the passing game. And generally with these running quarterbacks, the checkdowns are eliminated in favor of their scrambles or designed runs. So that is something you have to worry about. But I think Williams could see an appropriate amount of volume to the point where he's just an every week RB2 until Montgomery's back. So I feel pretty good about him moving forward. Okay. Um, and then is field someone we should be like stashing. I mean, he's played abysmally this year as far as fantasy production is concerned, but is he someone that, that you'd want to uh, roster on your bench? If you, if your starting quarterback is like say Tannehill or cousins or, or someone else like that, that's not, you know, that, that fields could theoretically surpass. It's, I mean, it's a little tough just because of how deep quarterback is. I do want to stash him, but um, I mean, even someone like, man, I don't know. Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? I, I still kind of feel like I'd rather go with Lawrence. Um, so it's just the, the position's so deep, and I don't like having two quarterbacks. That's the problem. But if yeah. Fields takes over, this, I mean, he definitely could shoot up the rankings real quick and be, you know, in Jalen Hurts range or something. So he's worth a shot. It's just roster construction is the issue. Yeah, I agree. If you're in a league where you only have like four or five bench spots, you can't really roster two quarterbacks. And I mean, let's say Fields does have an awesome breakout game this week and looks great even through the air. Then just just pick him up next week. Just try to get him on the waiver wire at that point. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get him, there's probably other good options as well. Which uh, which starting rookie quarterback are you more interested in, uh, Fields or Trey Lance? I think that Lance... <sighs> I think he's got the the game breaking rushing ability more so. So for fantasy Lance, I, I think Fields looks like a much better quarterback right now, though. Yeah, I would agree with that take. I mean, I have Lance higher this week, and a lot of it's also because he just has better weaponry in San Francisco and a more competent offensive play caller. I think so. I feel better about him for fantasy, but moving forward, like long term, I'm still more partial more partial to Fields. Okay. Um, Logan Thomas has been placed on the short-term IR. He's expected to miss four weeks with a hamstring strain. Um, is he worth hanging on to? Like if you don't have an open IR spot or, uh, or if you just don't have IR in your league for some insane reason. No, I would move on, especially if you can get someone like Dalton Schultz or whatever. Um, if you're, if you're in a real bad spot, then maybe, but I would, I would drop him. 
Yeah, you can probably get like 80 to 90% of his usual production by streaming tight ends, which no one likes to do, but what you don't want to burn that roster spot for that long. So go with someone like Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Conklin, I'd say. Okay. Um, and then does this is this a good sign for Curtis Samuel? Like he's 36% rostered. Um, should he be added because of Thomas being out? I don't know. He cropped back up on the injury report this week. Um, I'm worried about him staying healthy, but yeah, in, in theory, um, unless Ricky seals Jones really takes over here, uh, Samuel's got a nice opportunity, but um, I, I mean, I do like the way that Taylor Heineke chucks it downfield. Uh, if Samuel makes some plays, he's going to get the opportunities. So uh, keep an eye on him, but the injury worries me. Yeah. Heineke's fantasy friendly. I mean, I would definitely give Curtis Samuel a shot. Like Diami Brown didn't do a whole lot the first four weeks and he's injured now much, much to my personal disappointment. So yeah, I would give Samuel a shot for sure. Curtis Samuel or Josh Gordon. (laughs) Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Antonio Gibson didn't practice with a shin injury, uh, but he missed practice last week with the same thing. And he still played on Sunday against the Falcons had 16 touches for 75 total yards and a touchdown Uh, this week. They have a tougher matchup as they play the saints, as opposed to, you know, the Falcons. Uh, Are we starting Antonio Gibson with confidence? No, not really. This has uh, been a brutal matchup for running backs for years now. And um, you know, just the fact that McKissick's getting more passing game work is going to be a concern for this game script. So uh, I still have him in the top 15 running backs just because he's talented and he can break big plays, but this is not a great spot for Gibson. Yeah, you're hoping for a big play, and he probably gives you a better chance of most running backs at getting one. The matchup's brutal, obviously, but I don't think there's that many guys that I'd be comfortable putting above him. I mean, he's my RB12 this week, and I'm not like rushing out to play him, even as as big of a fan of Antonio Gibson as I am, but... Who, like, who am I going to feel good about playing above him? Like Latavius Murray, Zach Moss? No. Yeah, this is, this is just... such a bad, we're in such a bad <laughs> position at running back that you guys are both like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him. And I'm looking at the rankings and you have him at 14, Eric, and Ryan, you have him at 12. So yeah, it's at least not, not the Saints offense of old where maybe this game is close and, you know, Washington can run the ball if they want to. So uh, they, uh, it's not as bad of a game script as it would have been in the past, but this is still a really good defense. Okay. Um, Chase Edmonds or Antonio Gibson? I have Edmonds two spots behind. I I think he got a lot of production last week in garbage time. So I still have Gibson higher. I have Gibson one spot above Edmonds. I am very bullish on Edmonds. I mean, this, I do a tweet thread weekly now about why Chase Edmonds is an amazing buy in (laughs) fantasy football. He's still tied for third in running back targets this year. He does get used in the red zone. Contrary to popular belief, he does actually touch the ball inside the 20 yard line. He's had 10 out of 26 uh, red zone, 28, sorry, 10 out of 28 red zone opportunities this year for the Arizona backfield. Uh, He just hasn't converted any of them yet. And Connor has converted like four of them. So that's the perception. But one of these games, Edmonds is going to break off two touchdowns and he's going to be viewed potentially as like an RB one for the rest of the year. Once that happens. So I would go get chase Edmonds. I would still start Gibson over him, but you're probably starting both of them this week. So it doesn't really matter. 
Okay. Uh, we still have quite a bit of injury news to get through, so uh, we're going to speed through uh, some of the rest of these. Uh, T. Higgins got into limited practice on Wednesday. Uh, he missed the last two weeks with a shoulder injury. Uh, and then on the other side of this game, um, Packers cornerback Jair Alexander is expected to miss uh, the game. I believe it was a shoulder injury. I usually don't mention defensive player injuries, but this actually could be a difference maker in the past game for Cincinnati. So, um, Eric, how many Cincinnati wide receivers are you starting this week? Oh, yeah, this is big. I'm starting all three. Like I said, they're opening up the passing game, and it works well with this matchup. And then Jair Alexander is just the cherry on top. So I got Boyd, wide receiver 31, and I got everyone else higher than him. And uh, I don't know if this, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be going to this game. So uh, I don't usually go to games in season. It's been about four years, I think, since I've taken over the site. So I will be watching Aaron Rodgers against the Bengals this week. So um, I don't know what that means for their outlook, but I wanted to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric's going to be calling plays from the sideline. So yeah. uh, expect a lot of pass plays for Cincinnati. Um, Ryan, do you feel the same? Uh, Boyd is the lowest of the three, but you're starting all three. Yeah, I feel great about all three. I have Boyd at wide receiver 29. We could see the Bengals go more pass heavy. I mean, the, these three have just soaked up so much of the target volume when they've all been healthy. I, I'll put it this way. CJ Uzoma has been relevant the last couple of weeks with T Higgins out. So it, <laughs> there's clearly enough passing game volume to go around here and it could start getting ratcheted up even more as Joe Burrow feels more and more confident. So yeah, give me any of the Bengals receivers this week. All right. Uh, Amari Cooper missed practice. Uh, he's dealing with a pulled hamstring from Sunday's game against the Panthers. He's been kind of, kind of, you know, banged up this season. I feel like he's, he's been on the injury report quite a bit. Um, would you start Amari Cooper if he is healthy on Sunday or, or, you know, whatever the, coaches are willing to play him you know but we're not fully sure what his health is kind of status I mean he's one of those players you knew exactly what you're getting into when you drafted him like this has been the ultimate Amari Cooper season so far so if he's out there you got to play him why I mean why did you draft him if you're going to sit him here so I got him wide receiver 24 uh he could rebound real quick after the couple down weeks he's had okay uh, Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster were both limited in practice. I know, Eric, you mentioned Juju is a sit for you this week. Uh, how many Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers are you starting this week? I got Claypool right on the edge. Denver's a, a tough matchup, so I, I'm definitely starting Deontay Johnson. Uh, Claypool just depends on my lineup. But I've got him wide receiver 37. Uh, he has enough big playability. I can at least uh, talk myself into it. And he had 15 targets last time he played, so um, they, they do try to get him the ball. All right, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, Deontay is the only one I'm starting with any kind of confidence. I mean, Juju did have eight targets last week as much as people seem to be down on him. So I think he's like a fringy kind of flex play. And same with Claypool. As we say every week, Claypool only needs one big play. So if he's healthy and out there, he's in consideration. But Johnson's the only one I would feel great about plugging in. Yeah, I mean, Juju had eight targets, but Claypool didn't play last week. So I could I could see why having all three healthy could could mean uh, uh, you know a lot of hesitancy for starting Juju. Uh, TJ Hawkinson missed practice with a knee injury, um, and he said uh, that he felt defenses are keen in on him as the focal point of the offense. Um, I mean, we're starting TJ Hawkinson because you know it, you drafted him to start him, and he's not being dropped. You know, you're not dropping him anywhere. But are you concerned that you know the TJ Hawkinson we saw the first two weeks of the season? Uh, who was, you know, getting eight receptions a game and scoring touchdowns. Are we, are you concerned that we're not going to continue to see that Hawkinson? As long as he's still running routes and they're not leaving him in the block, I'm not too concerned. So now I think this will correct. He was the tight end three, the first two weeks. Uh, and he's, he's fallen back since then, but um, now I expect him to have some good games. 
Yeah, I mean, TJ Hawkinson's a talented player, so you have to expect that he's going to figure it out. He's going to find ways to score points on some of these defenses. So, as yeah, as long as he's running the routes and the targets will come and the touchdowns will come back. So you're plugging him in over most tight ends. You're feeling better about him than a lot of guys. So, Okay. Uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both still not practicing. Um, Galladay saw seven targets, six receptions, 116 yards without them last week against the Saints. Uh, how high are you ranking Kenny Galladay this week? I'm pretty high. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's way too down on Galladay, and with all these injuries, it it really helps open things up. So wide receiver 29 against Dallas. I know they've looked good, but they should score some points. Yeah, I have him down at wide receiver 44. I'm just kind of scared of the Trayvon Diggs shadow incoming. Uh, I mean, maybe you shouldn't listen to me, to me about Giants wide receivers because I may have been touting Colin Johnson uh, at 12.50 Eastern time on Sunday because I thought he was a better cheap DFS play than Nick Westbrook-Akeen. Uh, so maybe don't listen to me about Giants receivers, but I'm all set on Galladay this week. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Defensive Player of the Month, Trayvon Diggs, uh, to you. Uh, it is it is interesting, though. I will say, you know, Galladay kind of makes his, his living on those 50-50 balls, and uh, having someone like Trayvon Diggs uh, possibly opposite him makes those 50-50 balls a lot tougher than your typical, uh, you know, tough ball like that. So I don't, I don't know if Daniel Jones is still going to go that way, but uh, with Shepard and Slayton out last week, Galladay got to see a, a pretty good amount of volume. So. Uh, and then finally, Will Fuller was placed on short-term IR with a broken finger. That is now his third injury that he has dealt with this year. Uh, is he droppable uh, if you don't have an open IR spot? Yeah, I think so. It's just, again, there's too many good receiver options, and it's just one thing after another. So he's definitely on my watch list, and I want to pick him up close to when he's back, but it's a long time to wait. Would you drop Fuller or Logan Thomas? Or, or just I'd, both? I'd definitely drop Logan Thomas first. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think both are droppable. You drop Thomas first because tight end is a less valuable position. But yeah, you don't need to hang on to Fuller, especially as long as Tua's not playing. Like I'm yeah. even less interested in this Dolphins passing game. All right. And then uh, Ryan, quickly, what are your three uh, streamers this week? Your quarterback, tight end, defense streamer uh, available in more than 50% of Yahoo League. Yeah, so at quarterback, we mentioned him earlier. I'm going to go with Trey Lance this week. He, I believe, will be starting. We're, we might still be waiting on some Garoppolo injury updates, but if he's starting against Arizona, I want him. That's going to be one of the highest-scoring games of the week. He put up over 20 fantasy points in just one half, including over 40 rushing yards, which is exactly what we want. Uh, at tight end, I've got Tyler Conklin. He's available in 88% of leagues playing against Detroit. He saw six targets last week, eight the week before. Seems like he's more the third option in this offense than maybe KJ Osborne was like we thought the first couple of weeks. So I feel pretty good about Tyler Conklin. I think I have him at tight end 13. And then at defense, I would play Dallas at home against the Giants. They're available in 55% of leagues. What can I say? It's defenses. They're a home favorite. The Cowboys managed five sacks last week against a pretty decent Panthers offensive line. The Giants are only implied 23 points uh, in the Vegas odds. And I mean, it's Daniel Jones. He how what's the over under on Daniel Jones interceptions specifically to Trayvon Diggs this week? Got to be like two and a half, right? 
So right, absolutely. I, I'm on I'm on Dallas as a streamer this week. And I'll take I'll take the over on that, obviously. Uh <laughs> but uh and, and by the way, to your point on Jimmy Garoppolo, he did not practice today. Um they did say his calf is improving, but uh, you know, I mean, if he's not practicing it, you know, gotta gotta wonder about that. Um so just definitely something to keep an eye on as we get closer to Sunday. Um, all right, let's talk about the games. Um, just a reminder as always, we're always uh talking about 12 team PPR leagues. Um, yeah, so just, just something to keep in mind, uh, before we get into Thursday night football, I got to ask, you know, this might be something people have in the back of their mind. How does, uh, the game, the Falcons jets game being in London, does that affect any of your thought process as far as uh player evaluation or how you set your lineup as, I mean, it, the game starts at nine 30 Eastern time. Um, some people don't wake up that early. If you have to set your lineup the night before, like that, does this factor into your thinking at all? Uh, not really, as long as you keep in back, your back of your mind that, you know, neither team is the home team and you don't have the home crowd advantage. No, I mean, we've seen some wild games in the London games. I think we've seen both low and high scoring. So now I'm going to approach it like a normal game for the most part. Yeah. It's hard to get too out over your skis on like a London game narrative. Cause like Eric said, we've seen it go either way and we've seen some crazy performances from totally random players in London. So you don't want to get totally bought into any of these narratives, but yeah, I mean, remember to set your line before I know I'm always the type that does it at like 11 or 12 o'clock on Sunday morning. So just make sure that you remember beforehand. Yeah, especially if you're on the West Coast like me, where the game starts at 630 in the morning. Like, I got to make sure to set my lineups. Luckily, it's Jets Falcons. There's not many fantasy relevant <laughs> players there, but maybe you don't want to get caught with uh, with someone in your lineup that you didn't mean to start or something like that. Uh, also, why isn't it the Jaguars? Do the Jaguars play in London this year? Is this just like another London game? Like, I, the, I feel like London has kind of adopted the Jaguars as their own, given how many times they've played over there. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about Thursday Night Football. A uh, good rivalry game this week between the Rams and the Seahawks. A couple of teams that you know should be figuring to be in the in the mix for the division title. Um, we'll start with the Rams. Uh, not a whole lot of injury news for them. Pretty straightforward. The, the, honestly, the big thing for me that that I think we need to touch on: Robert Woods. Four four weeks now, he's only averaging six targets, four receptions, and forty three receiving yards per game uh, for the season. It's pretty much twenty five percent decrease in production, like across the board. Like he was basically averaging eight targets, six receptions and like 60 yards a game last year, which is uh, 12 points in PPR average versus we're looking at about eight point average in PPR this year. Like that's not what you wanted from a guy we're drafting in the, in the top 50. Um, is, is this like, is this what Robert Woods is now? Is this kind of what we should be expecting from him? Do you think there's better days ahead for him? I do. I mean, if you look, it's mainly just volume. He's still been pretty efficient with his looks. He's got two touchdowns on the year. Um, it's just in a PPR league, three, four, five catches isn't going to get it done most weeks. So uh, I think we finally heard the narrative this week that he's, uh, you know, maybe not super happy with the usage. He got the garbage time touchdown last week. And also last week was the first week that like Cooper Cup kind of struggled on the massive target share. Um, they were definitely shadowing him. The, the Cardinals were so I don't know. I, uh, it's hard to believe it until you see it at this point because it has been four weeks. But I think there's a lot of things pointing towards Woods, maybe not catching Cup, but at least starting to trend towards him. So he's still a buy low for me, and I'm, I'm going to have him in my lineups. Yeah, I mean, I think he's at the point now where there's not even that much downside to trying to buy him low. Like, I think he's going to be way more obtainable than you might think. And yeah, I have him as a low-end flex play this week, but you, we could see 
Stafford shift to him more as defenses shift to cup. So I am still watching. I'm not totally giving up on him or anything. He's definitely a hold if you drafted him. So, so this is, you both think Robert Woods is a good buy low candidate um, at this point. Uh, would you like, sometimes you, you, you sell high to buy low. Would you trade Cordero Patterson for Robert Woods straight up? If you had the opportunity? Yeah, but I've been wrong on Patterson all year. So maybe don't listen to me. What's Ryan say? I think I'd keep Patterson just because of the positional scarcity of running backs. Like mm-hmm. I understand that he hasn't had the volume that really backs up the type of touchdown production he's put up. I mean, he's only had, I be- believe five or six red zone opp- opportunities and he has five touchdowns on those. So <laughs> that obviously isn't going to keep up, but again, he's probably going to earn more volume. So I feel decent about Patterson going forward and he's at a position that matters more and that is more scarce. So I think I'd actually keep Patterson. Okay. Um, Real quick, which of these wide receivers would you still start Robert Woods over? Um, And again, you know, with these questions, with it being Thursday night football, you have to make this decision a little earlier. So um, you don't have the benefit of, of, you know, of waiting till Sunday to to see how you feel. So uh, just which wide receivers would you still be starting Robert Woods over Brandon cooks, Marvin Jones, uh, by the way, DJ Tark out for the year. Forgot to mention that in the injury segment. Um, he, his season is done. Uh, so Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Williams. I believe I'm starting him over all of them. So maybe I'm just way too high on Robert Woods, but that offense is too good. I'm actually starting all those wide receivers over Robert Woods. And I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, all of them are sort of in the same like high end wide receiver f- three slash flex tier. So I wouldn't say you're crazy for starting Woods over any of them, but they're players that have been producing. I mean, we have a four game sample now. I'm a little more comfortable like making these kind of bold takes and just sliding guys down my rankings at this point. So, yeah, I would start all four of those over Woods. Yeah, I actually had – you said Mike Williams, right? I have Mike Williams ahead. Yeah, Mike Williams is ahead of my rankings. The rest are below. Okay. Uh, You two are 11 spots apart with Robert Woods. Um, Eric, you've got him at 23, and Ryan, you've been 34. So I can understand uh, the swing uh, between the two of you on on all those players. Um, By the way, uh, DJ Chark being out for the year. Um, Marvin Jones, does he move into start every week territory? (laughs) Um, I don't know the the team's not having a great week this week uh, with their coach. So I don't, I don't know. This team's a mess. Um, I, I still think Marvin Jones is going to be a little uh, week to week hit or miss. So uh, it's, it's touch and go in Jacksonville. That's all I could say. Yeah, it, it's definitely a bit of a mess. I, this week, I don't mind it against the Titans. Like this, this could be a sneaky high scoring game. I don't think we're confident in either of these defenses to stop anyone so it could work out pretty well for jones this week i have him as wide receiver 30 like a mid-range flex play so i i would fire him up so so much actual like football injury related news has happened in the last two days that like i completely forgot to put urban meyer in the notes and you know what i don't regret it we don't need to talk about urban meyer no one respects him Actually, I think I think what uh, uh, Jacksonville owner Shad Khan had to say was that Urban Meyer's uh, actions were inexcusable, and he has to regain our trust and respect. Um, man, just go to USC already, Urban. Like, let's just let's get that over with. Yeah, this feels uh, like the situation that's going to really bottom out. He's going to get fired, and then they're going to rebound. Like, I, I, I'm kind of waiting until he's out of there. I hope it happens soon. 
All right. Uh, which of these uh, running backs would you uh, like if you were had Woods in flex consideration for you? Uh, which of these running backs would you uh, still want to start, or would you start Woods over which of these running backs? Uh, Cordell Patterson slash Mike Davis, uh, Zach Moss, or Latavius Murray? Give me Robert Woods. Okay. Again, get give me all those running backs. I guess <laughs> I'm <laughs> Eric's laughing, but I I just think the chance of a touchdown for all of those guys is probably higher than it is for Woods. And I mean, he's not seeing the volume yet. That could change, but from where I'm standing right now, I think I'd rather take the gamble on the running backs. Okay. By the way, if if Woods is in flex consideration for you, then and you decide to start him, uh, strategy wise, put him in at wide receiver to give yourself more uh, lineup flexibility on Sunday. I know we all like to put our worst starter in our flex spot. It tells them they're on probation. It puts them on notice. They totally know when they're being started in your flex and not your wide receiver spot. But uh, do yourself the the strategy favor and make sure if you're starting someone on Thursday, don't start people in your flex spot because it just it just harms your uh, uh, flexibility. All right, uh, Seahawks side. Chris Carson is questionable. We talked about it a little bit. Um, he did not practice all week. He's dealing with a neck injury. And even beyond that, his snap percentage has declined sharply week to week. So he was uh, on the field for 78% of snaps in week one. Each of the last two weeks, he's been on the field for below 50% of his snaps. So um, first with Carson, like if you drafted Carson, like how, how, like how are you feeling right now? I'm worried. And I mean, beyond the injury stuff, it's the passing game work. I mean, he's had three, zero, two, and one targets. Um, it's he's really living off those three touchdowns he's had in three, four weeks. So um, I just don't like backs that are that touchdown dependent and that running base dependent. So until I see that rebound and he gets healthy, I'm pretty down on him. I've got him RB 19 this week and I, I could drop him farther if this injury news looks bad. Yeah, I've got Carson even lower. I have him at RB 25. I mean, this is how old running backs wash out of the league. Like this is what it looks like is the snap shares just keep going down. They're fighting, nagging injuries. He might miss a game. Like, and if he does miss his game, like who's to say Alex Collins isn't taking the lead in this backfield the week after and going forward. So I'm not feeling good about Carson right now. I, if you can sell him to somebody that feels good about him, I might actually do it because this might be the time to, cut bait while you can by the way i'm um, ryan to answer your question on who's to say alex collins isn't taking over this backfield it's alex collins's entire history of being <laughs> the backup running back when someone's hurt that that's who's to say uh it's kind of funny like their backup running backs are collins and penny both uh, of whom have had opportunities and have done absolutely nothing with them or penny's usually hurt when the opportunity comes so um you know we'll see how that goes uh okay Ale- if you have alex collins um and and you you know and chris carson's out right we find out tomorrow chris carson's out he's not playing alex collins is going to be you know we get the news collins is the lead running back he's going to get most of the touches um i imagine you're not starting him based on the way you guys have talked over uh damian williams is that correct correct yeah that's right damian harris harris i'm excited to play harris this week okay uh leonard fournette fournette Oh boy, I'm I'm going. I, I thought we were getting a little bit closer. Zach Moss. Uh, I'd still take Moss. That's right about the line for me, though. Yeah, I'd still go Moss. Uh, Latavius Murray. Ooh, I, uh, they're about the same player, right? Um, I'll take Murray. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd also take Murray. That's like the most accurate way. Of, uh, yeah, they're pretty much the same guy. Um, Devin Singletary. Uh, give me Collins. Okay. Yeah, Collins over Singletary. Agreed. Uh, what about someone like like a Javante Williams or Tony Pollard who might be on like the wrong side of the of the timeshare but still gets uh, still gets work? Yeah, I'd, I'd start him over both of them. I'm avoiding the Broncos running backs as long as Bridgewater's out and a tough matchup. Yeah, Collins over the Broncos, especially this week. Yeah, uh, by the way, there's, again, so much injury news. Uh, Bridgewater in concussion protocol. Keep an eye on that because sometimes players get cleared in a day and sometimes it takes them like two weeks. There's no way. Head, you know, brains are weird, man. There's nothing we can do about that. Uh, all right. Okay, so let's talk about running backs. Let's start with the most added running backs this week. People that, you know, there are a lot of running backs this week that I think are being added because they're starters, you know, with a lot of the, that injury news, good chance they're getting started. So the top five added running backs this week were Damian Williams, uh, who's obviously the starter in Chicago now with David Montgomery out, Samaj P. Ryan, Latavius Murray, Alex Collins, and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, we've already talked about P. Ryan. Uh, you know, basically, if, if Mixon is indeed out, uh, P. Ryan's a, a low-end RB2. Uh, we talked about Alex Collins quite a bit. Damian Williams, how high is Damian Williams ranked? Because it, it feels like based on the way we've talked, Williams is the highest ranking of, you know, all of like the, the waiver wire running backs. Um, I, I actually have P Ryan two spots ahead, but he's right there with them. I'm just way too high on P Ryan. So um, I've got Damian Williams, RB 25. Um, I, he was on the injury report. I guess he's fine though, but I like this matchup against Las Vegas. I think there'll be some points being put up and I just don't think Herbert's ready to take over uh, Khalil Herbert. I believe I said his name, right. But uh, I, I like Williams this week, RB 25. I'd feel pretty confident starting him. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Damian Williams be productive in the league before. He's up there a little bit in age, but I think he can be pretty productive in this Bears offense for the next few weeks. So I feel good. I have him RB21. I would definitely start him over all the other waiver wire running backs. Okay. Um, what about Kenneth Gainwell? I, You know, he's kind of similar to some of these other uh, wrong side of the snap share running backs, but he has been getting a lot of work this year. Um, how confident... Are you like, are, are, should we start Kenneth Gainwell this week? I'm not quite there yet with Gainwell. I think everyone's kind of seeing the new back, um, the new rookie, getting excited. I mean, it was nice last week, six catches, 58 yards and a touchdown, but he's still on the short end of this timeshare. And yeah, I just, I think it's going to be like Naeem Hines. There's going to be good and bad weeks and I'm just not ready to jump on board like everyone else. So he's more of RB40 range for me. I made that might be a little too low, but um, I, I don't think Miles Sanders is just going to ride the bench from here on out. Yeah, he's RB 36 for me. Gainwell probably isn't going to totally overtake Sanders, but they're both going to be around and Gainwell will be seeing the passing work going forward of that. I'm pretty confident, but there's not enough volume here to feel comfortable starting him every week. But he's someone I definitely want on my bench to see what happens. Like he's a prospect I really liked, uh, but then I didn't like him much when he fell to day three. But now I like him again because he got playing time very quickly. So I am pretty decently high on Gainwell and a lot lower on Sanders than if you'd asked me two weeks ago. So of the of like the pass catching running backs, right? You've got Naeem Hines, uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, not, he's way lower. Uh, <laughs> Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. And then, uh, who, I mean, I guess he's supposed to be the pass catching running back. Uh, and then I guess Cordero Patterson technically, uh, falls under that, but I, he's obviously in a different tier. Um, it wears Gainwell in relation to those guys. Like, um, would you start him over 
uh, any of Hines, McKissick, Drake. I think those are all the ones I named. Um, I would start him over Drake. I would start the rest over him this week, um, but I would be more excited for his rest of season prospects. So other than, I mean, I've got Quarrell Patterson as much as I'm bashing him. He's my RB20, so I'm not that down on him. But um, yeah, just uh, I believe just the one player. Just uh, I am, I'm curious to see Drake this week with Peyton Barber out though. Let's see if he gets a little bounce back, but um, I'm still going game well. Yeah, I would start Gainwell over Drake for sure and over McKissick. I just am not a big fan of that Saints-Washington game this week. I don't think there's going to be that many points scored. I don't know that there's going to be these frantic two-minute drill situations that McKissick thrives on. So I'd actually go Gainwell over him this week. Okay. What uh, what what, what are we doing with Baltimore? What's going on with this Baltimore backfield? Le'Veon Bell played. Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch. Latavius Murray is Latavius Murray. First of all, is Tyson Williams droppable? Like 90% of my of my rosters need to know. Oh yeah, I dropped him as soon as he was a healthy scratch. I dropped him and picked up Latavius Murray where I could. So um, I think as long as he stays inactive, I'm really far down on Freeman and Bell for this season. So if it's just the three of them, I actually kind of like Latavius Murray. He's my RB 30. He's not going to catch any passes, but he's got three touchdowns in four weeks. So um, I like Murray somewhat as long as Tyson stays out. The moment he's back, it's back to being a mess here. Yeah, so you're, I, not, you're not buying the completely made up narrative that the internet made up where um, Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch so that the Ravens would have to see what they have with their veteran running backs and give Tyson Williams a week out. That was like how all of us were uh, rationalizing what they did. Uh, that yeah, seems that, a little over the top in a game they needed to win. Like they could have just maybe not played him as much instead of making him inactive. It, rem- it reminds me of, uh, of the Darren McFadden uh, was being, it was inactive because they wanted fresh legs uh, when Zeke was, uh, was suspended. <laughs> and then, and then guess what? He was just inactive because he was bad and they just played <laughs> Alfred Morris a lot. Um, yeah, Ryan, sorry. I, I cut you off. What, what are your thoughts on this Ravens running back situation? I'm I'm sorry. I had a take ready, but it's just been completely derailed by that hilarious <laughs> narrative. I somehow had missed that, but that that's very funny to me. Uh, no, that's not what's happening. Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch because they didn't want to play him. Um, so yeah, I would definitely prefer Murray in this backfield going forward. I actually have him at RB 22 this week. And it's like you said, it's for that touchdown equity that seems to be there. He's been producing in the box score. So I, I would roll with him as long as Williams is out for sure. And yeah, like Eric said, get out of, get out of here with Bell, get out of here with Freeman all set with them. Okay. Um, let's do a quick rankings debate. Uh, Eric, you have James Robinson in your top 10. Ryan, you have James Robinson in your I don't like this running back range because it's after Antonio Gibson at running back 12. So you have James uh, James Robinson at running back 17. Uh, Eric, why why do you feel so good about James Robinson? I mean, you know, we got to see if Carlos Hyde back out there this week, but he got deactivated. He saw a ton of work against Cincinnati. Uh, This is two straight weeks. He's been in the top 10 PPR finishers. Um, You know, I think (laughs) I was certainly way down on him preseason, but this backfield is cleared out for him. And he's just, he's shown that, you know, with the state of the running back position, he's a, he's an RB one almost if you're a zero running back team. So I don't know. I just, who are you going to start over him? It's a good matchup against Tennessee. We just saw them get beat by the jets. I, I'm, I'm rolling with them. 
Yeah, I'm definitely lower on him than consensus, but it's it's not that I hate all these running backs in this range. Like I have Damian Harris over him, who I think is going to have an insane game against the Texans this week. I have Darrell Henderson. Obviously, we love pieces of that Rams offense. Like I'm just having a hard time putting him over some of these other guys that I think are in better offenses or will have more touchdown equity. But I don't like hate him this week or anything like he's been performing Obviously, if Hyde is active, I, it might make me think twice, like maybe Urban Meyer like really feels like he wants redemption this week. And the way to do that is give Carlos Hyde 15 touches. But other, outside of a situation like that, I feel pretty good about him. All right, um, Eric, last week you said you didn't want any part of this 49ers backfield. You now have Trey Sermon at RB24. This is, you, be, you believe in the in the 19 carries? that he had this past week. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's back at practice. He was limited, but he was there. I mean, RB24 is not that high. I've got P. Ryan and Jacobs ahead of him, so that should tell you enough right there. But I do think Sermon's getting bashed pretty good for a running back that just dominated the touches out of the backfield and saw 19 carries for 89 yards. So um, I don't know. I'm not as like the rest of the internet seems to think that this is Mitchell's backfield, and as soon as he's back out there, he's going to take it all back over. I'm not sure if I believe that yet. So I'm rolling with Sermon while he's kind of got the hot hand, and he's still a rookie. I, I'd like. I think we can see some improvement here. So um, once Lance hopefully opens up this running game, some uh, Sermon could find some more lanes and uh, score some touchdowns. This is this is San Francisco at its finest, by the way. Uh, literally one week ago. Uh, five different players got a rushing attempt for the 49ers, not not including the the quarterbacks. Um, you know, Yushik had five attempts. Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo each um, were involved in the in the running game as well. And then, literally one week later, and Trey Sermon has 19 out of 22 total rush uh, attempts by anyone not named Trey Lance. So, yep. just just for, it's 49ers experience for you right there. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan, do you would you would you condone? playing Trey Sermon if, if if you were you know if you were in that position I don't condone it because I want to see what this backfield split looks like I'm taking a way more I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen type of approach I feel like on the internet right now everybody has an opinion on Sermon versus Mitchell one of them is like the best running back prospect they've ever seen and happens to be the one on their roster and then the one the, the other one is absolute dust terrible will be a healthy scratch by the end of the year. So I would be suspicious of anybody that is overly confident one way or the other, but I guess I prefer Sermon this week just because he's been healthy. He's been getting the touches, but I can't say I want to play either of them right now. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then we should probably talk about the Denver running backs. Uh, Melvin Gordon has been startable this year. Um, Javante Williams, you know, kind of, up and down as far as involvement goes. Uh, I know they have a tough matchup in Pittsburgh, but uh, it just feels like these are running backs that, that people kind of end up playing by default. Um, you know, should we be, you know, trying to get them out of our lineups this week against Pittsburgh? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, last week it was 31 snaps for Williams, 30 snaps for Gordon. It's right down the middle. It's it's one thing to try to get them in there against a the game against the Jaguars, but a, a tough defense, I'm avoiding them. So um, there's some promising things out of Williams. He had a great highlight reel run. I believe he's had three catches, two straight weeks. Like it is kind of ramping up, but I'm not ready to trust him here. So uh, yeah, sit them both if you can. If it's a flex decision, there are a lot of receivers I'd take over them. Yeah, I mean, who knows though? You could have a 16-point play uh for one of them so uh, anything can happen um 
And that the Steelers offense may, you know, allow the Broncos to play the type of game they want and, you know, tire out the defense. So it's not hopeless, but I'm, I'm going for better options. By the way, I was not I was not referring to them scoring 16 points in fantasy. I was referring to the 16 point play that that the Denver Broncos tried to pull off at the end of the game against Baltimore. <laughs> at least that's what uh, that's what John Harbaugh was uh, was upset about anyway. Um, all right. And then just at, of the running backs that you're not playing this week, uh, who are you watching closely? Who do you think is someone that uh, could be, you know, skyrocketing up your rankings next week? I don't know about skyrocketing. Um, <laughs> I think we say Michael Carter every week. Uh, he's one to keep an eye on. Um, Miles Gaskin, like there could be a bounce back here. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, it's it's really just almost like handcuffs at this point. Like I said, Kenyon Drake, I, he could come back to a 40% snap share and be somewhat useful. Um, but it, it's getting pretty grim as you get farther down the rankings. I don't know, J.J. Taylor, maybe if he's not in the doghouse. I, there's not much to see here. What what would a what would a Miles Gaskin bounce back look like? Like, is it volume based or is it performance based or both? I mean, it's volume. He barely saw any snaps last week, so I'd be curious if it was just some random one week blip, and all of a sudden he's back to sixty percent snaps and seven targets, and then hey, it's we're never going to forget that week, but um, we can at least get him back in our lineups. But maybe he's been surpassed by Malcolm Brown. I don't know. It's I don't know why you would play Malcolm Brown over almost anyone, but here we are. <laughs> uh ryan uh any any running backs that you're keeping a close eye on yeah i threw my hands up in the air when eric said michael carter because that's exactly who i was gonna say uh he's been consolidating more of this backfield and seeing a decent amount of work in the passing game as of recent so he's someone i'm keeping an eye on other than him i held my nose and ranked brandon bolden at rb44 this week it is definitely possible that he just takes over the James White role now that J.J. Taylor is shoved into the back of the doghouse. I don't know if he's behind Ramondre Stevenson in the doghouse. I, I don't know if they're sharing space in the doghouse. <laughs> but all I know is that they're both definitely in there. So Brandon Bolden is really what's left. And we've seen that role be valuable at times especially with how mac jones has been looking so you can keep an eye on him maybe a stash right before the game type of deal i think that is a perfect segue into wide receivers because i do want to point out that jacoby myers had 12 targets um once again uh i mean i think what's that two weeks in a row now of double digits uh, double digit targets uh since james white went down so i almost feel like james the james white role has now it's literally just like hey jacoby myers you got to also do this now too yeah, that's a very fair point. We're seeing this passing game volume go up in general. And yeah, he's been a huge beneficiary. So hopefully we can get a little bit of work to the tight ends too. I don't think any of us really want to see it go to the wide receivers. So, right. Well, I mean, we don't After want to the go Myers. to I was going to say, we don't want to go to like Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> yeah. but like, like Jacoby Myers, you know, he's up to 72% roster now. Is he a must start in PPR? Or I mean, I don't know, must start because obviously there's a lot of great wide receivers, but like, is he someone that you're, you're trying to get in your lineup as opposed to, you know, the other way around? Yeah, I, I do think so. I mean, I've got him wide receiver 36. You could easily bump him up from there too. Um, he's just a safe, dependable option and he's got double digit targets last two weeks. So yeah, start him. Yeah. Wide receiver 37 for me. I have him above Allen Robinson, which is one that I thought <laughs> about for a long time, but yeah, I'd love to get Myers in my lineup. Is is I mean that's we we rank for PPR. I, I have to wonder is that is that something that would flip in standard? Would you have Robinson above Myers? Uh, just because Myers tends to you know he's a target hog, but he doesn't the the yardage isn't necessarily there. 
Yeah, the yardage isn't there, and obviously the touchdown equity isn't there because Jacoby Myers still somehow has zero career receiving touchdowns in the NFL. I want, I wonder if he's just going to score four like in one game at one point just to kind of make up for all that. But yeah, I would go Robinson just for the better touchdown equity and the better red zone usage if it was a standard league. Okay. Yeah. 112 career receptions, no touchdowns. And then this year, by the way, the fewest yards per reception. So definitely being used a lot more in the, in the short game, which again, you know, with no James white, that role has, you know, really opened up. Um, Let's talk about the most added wide receivers. I I feel like Jacoby Myers should be one of them, but he was most added last week. So probably just not as many again. I mean, he probably, I mean, he's rostered in 72% of leagues. Yahoo's default is half PPR. Like there's probably 28% of their leagues that are standard where people just aren't as interested in guys like Myers. So it's possible that those are the only leagues he's available in. Uh, Most added wide receivers this week, AJ Green, Jamison Crowder, Hunter Renfro, and LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, Of those four, how many of them are you starting or or looking to get into your lineup right away? I feel pretty good about all of them. Um, Chenault, he's probably the lowest but I, I mean, I like what I've seen of all of them. AJ Green certainly got a role there, and as long as that offense is looking this good, I'm 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 playing him. I mean, uh, he's been getting it done on six targets. I think we could see that increase. Yeah, I think all of them are like viable desperation flex type of plays. I actually feel the best about Chenault. I mean, he has been seeing the target volume. He seemed healthy last week. We could potentially see a role change with DJ Chark out now. I mean, do. Do we really think that Tavon Austin is going to come in and just be the deep threat for the Jaguars? I certainly hope not, but Miles is shaking no, his no head way. right now. Yeah. No way. <laughs> we, we tried that. We tried that in Dallas. It, didn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's maybe it's different. This this is an Urban Meyer led team, so anything can happen. Mm. Carlos Carlos Hyde can be getting used. So I don't know if I don't know if led is the word that I would use. This, <laughs> is, a, this is a team that Urban Meyer is hired to be the coach of well we can put it he's uh employed by the team to stand on the sideline with the players uh yeah i mean lavisca chanel uh you know with with chark out it just again this is one of those situations there's so many teams that have three talented wide receivers but don't have the means to support the three pittsburgh being one of them and so you know when one of them's out it bumps the value of the other two and with chark being out i think it, it definitely helps uh Chenault and jones i i would they sh- should both be rostered um, but I don't know if they should both be started right away. I, I feel like me, at least me personally, I'm least confident in AJ Green. This feels like a chasing the points that he scored ad as opposed to like, you know, there's something different about him. Well, I mean, I know he seemed like a fit in this offense. He's seeing second most snaps to Hopkins. They're putting up a ton of points. I don't know. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time the Bengals made the wrong decision on one of these players. So maybe he's going to have a little rejuvenation here. That's, but I agree. I mean, I, he could definitely fade. He could pick up an injury. And next thing we know, he's on waivers everywhere. Um, Hunter Renfro is an interesting one just because he's he's like Jacoby Myers or like Cole Beasley. Just these like low, low yardage target hogs. Actually, by the way, the uh, the the last reception that Renfro got the five yard reception got me exactly the points that I needed to win in my grand theft league. I won by, by 0.1 points. Thanks to that uh, reception by Renfro, because that's, you know, in a PPR league, you get that extra point for the reception, obviously. Um, Would, would you rank Renfro above, um, you know, those other typical low yardage target hog type guys, Cole Beasley, um, Jacoby Myers, even, even Jameson Crowder, based on the way he just played, where does uh, Renfro rank amongst those players? 
I've got Crowder and Myers pretty significantly ahead because of the matchups, and Beasley is one spot ahead. Um, he's a hard one to know how to rank. So against KC, I could see him having a monster game, but I got them and him and Renfro right next to each other. Yeah, the matchups are more appealing this week for Crowder and Beasley especially. I th- think that's a really appealing game environment for the Bills receivers. Uh, but yeah, it, it's time to stop ignoring Hunter Renfro, as annoyed as I am about it. Like I tried to ignore him all last year and wouldn't really give him serious consideration, but he's been producing. He gets the target volume as much as we might wish that it was going to Ruggs or to Edwards. So yeah, he's the low-end PPR flex. Yeah, I mean, four straight games with double-digit points, um, four straight games with uh, five-plus receptions. Um, He only had 45 yards this past week. That was his low, but he did score a touchdown uh, to, you know, get up to 16 points this past week. And here's the thing. You know, I watched Monday Night Football this week. Uh, It was a a fun one, and it really just feels like the uh, Raiders' offense is just like, hey, Ruggs and Edwards just run as fast as you can in a straight line. Uh, Or maybe do, like, a, a post or a sluggo type route where it's like, make a move, but you're still just running as far and as fast as you can. And then Derek Carr, one of Waller or Renfro is going to be available underneath. So just throw it to them. Yeah. I mean, and then Renfro- throw it to Ruggs like once every 10 minutes, just to like remind people that he's there. Renfro's just out there making up routes. I mean, these routes have like six cuts <laughs> to go six yards. You know what I mean? They're not even like, I don't know what he's doing out there. I, if Carr ever doesn't have eight seconds in the pocket, I don't think he's going to get open in time. There was a there was a play. The Chargers double teamed Renfro on I think it was third and two. It might have been fourth and two. But they they double teamed Renfro. And I was like, this is the world we live in, where the Chargers are double teaming Renfro because they know they sent they sent heat. Um, so the car only had a second, uh, you know, a few seconds to, to throw. And Carr was looking at Renfro the entire time because he knew he knew he that was what they were doing uh, on I think it was like third and two. And it was just I was like, This is this is literally the offense for the Raiders. Is is we're getting the ball to Hunter Renfro and the Chargers responded with a double team. So I thought absolutely fantastic. Um, I think in PPR, he's a great, great low end flex option uh, if you're stuck. Um, All right, let's talk about some other wide receivers. Uh, Debo Samuel has absolutely skyrocketed up these rankings. I mean, he's now a top 12 wide receiver uh, for pretty much everyone. Ryan has him at 14. So, so pretty much up there. Uh, There, I mean, is there any concern we with, with the 49ers, we're always concerned about passing volume is Debo, Shanahan proof. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's Shanahan proof, but um, he has a almost a 36% target share. It's third in the league. So even with that reduced volume, he's just getting fed like crazy. So at some point uh, we would have to assume Ayuk gets more involved and cuts into Samuel. But even at that point, he's still a, a wide receiver too, for sure. So I feel really good about Debo. And I just like the fact that he's a playmaker. He doesn't have to get deep passes downfield. He can make stuff happen. So um, hopefully this offense, they do some creative stuff and keep scheming them wide open. Yeah, he has that yards after catch ability. He showed it off even with Trey Lance under center. So I feel great about Debo moving forward. And he isn't Kyle Shanahan proof because we saw what he did to him last year, which was give him negative air yards on the year. So that wasn't very nice of him. But in the role he's currently in, you've got to be pretty excited about him. He's seeing the most consistent volume of the 49ers options, certainly more than Brandon Ayuk is. So fire him up. Um. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the wide receiver that is that has risen the most so far this season in terms of uh, well, Cooper Cup, but Cup didn't have as far to climb as as Debo Samuel has had. I, I don't think anyway. Um, in this like kind of wide receiver two flex range of, of guys um, that you know, we're kind of surprised that they're there. 
at least based on where the season started. Mike Williams, Mike Evans, uh, Cortland Sutton, at least by expert consensus rankings. I know you both are way further down on Sutton. Uh, does it like if Drew Locke is the starter, are you out? And if Bridgewater is the starter, are you in? Is it that simple with Cortland Sutton or is there more here at play? Um, essentially, yes, it's just the matchup. And I want, I want him in games where they're going to be forced into a bit of a shootout. So like next week against Las Vegas, that might be a little better, you know, but against a game of the Steelers, I just, I don't think there's going to be enough downfield passing for him to make a big difference. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to play him in games I think are going to be low scoring drew lock. I also don't feel great about obviously. And I'll say that I think a lot of Sutton's perception is very inflated by the monster week two that he had. And outside of that, he hasn't been particularly reliable and hasn't been seeing like crazy opportunity, at least not the opportunity of a top 24 receiver. So I'm a little lower on him for now. All right. Um, Adam Thielen is uh, being ranked around wide receiver 19. Ryan has him at wide receiver 20. Eric has him in the top 10. So you can feel a lot better if you have Adam Thielen. Um, at the very least, Eric Eric is in your corner. Um, Hollywood Hollywood Brown has been kind of up and down. Um, you both have him around. You both have him at wide receiver twenty six. Uh, I mean, is there any predicting? Is there any way for us to know if we're going to get a good game from Hollywood Brown or not? I mean, he's been PPR wise, he's been wide receiver 18, 7, 58, and thirteen. And his wide receiver fifty eight game was one he dropped like three long touchdowns. So if you took that out, he's been a top 20 receiver every week. I know he's going to drop some touchdowns. I mean, that's going to happen. It's Marquise Brown, but until Bateman's fully back in and taken over, I, I think he's a good weekly start. Lamar's throwing the ball well. So, um, and you look at his game log at the end of last year, he really had a nice second half of the season. So I think he's one where the perception is hurting him a lot. And I don't think it's quite fair. Yeah, I would agree. I've never been a Marquise Brown fan, but the way he's been performing, the air yards he's been seeing, the opportunity he's been getting as the Ravens' number one receiver this week has, or this year has been pretty good. The Ravens' passing volume is up from last year, so that obviously helps out a lot. So yeah, as long as he's not dropping two touchdowns, then you can plug him in and feel pretty decent. All right, and then uh, with Tampa Bay, so you know I mentioned Mike Evans a second ago. You guys both have him around wide receiver twenty. Um, Antonio Brown, you both have around wide receiver twenty five. And then uh, Chris Godwin was, I think, the highest ranked. But Chris Godwin saw the fewest targets, um, fewest receptions, fewest yards of the three this past week against New England. Like, is Tampa Bay in closer to like the? Well, I was going to say Dallas, but Gallup's been out. But is Tampa Bay a, a situation we can feel better about with the three wide receivers um, compared to like Pittsburgh or uh, Jacksonville where, where they can support three wide receivers each week? Or, or are you, you know, I don't know, second guessing any of these guys? No, I'm pretty much firing him out there. I just rank Brown the lowest because he gets the fewest snaps. And I just think Godwin's the best player. I know it hasn't quite translated this year, but he can do anything. Um, so I'm ranking him first. I like all three of them. And yeah, Brady's just so much better than those other quarterbacks that he can support them. Doesn't hurt having Gronk out. Uh, doesn't have, hurt having a banged up Gio Bernard. It's just more work for the wide receivers. So it's going to be iffy week to week. They're going to have down weeks, but you can say that about almost anyone. I mean, even the best receivers are having down weeks in a non-crowded receiving core. So I think you just have to roll with it. They're all going to have monster weeks the rest of this season. That's exactly what I was going to say is, I mean, the th- of the three of them, 
one of them will probably bust every week, but the other two have chances to put up such monster weeks that you got to keep rolling with it. It's hard to leave any of these guys on your bench. And against the Dolphins, I think Brady might be throwing short more. He's not going to feel as pressured to take these big shots down the field like to Antonio Brown. So I feel good about Godwin. Plug him in. All right. Yeah. Mike Evans uh, has been averaging nine targets a week. Godwin seven and Antonio Brown seven as well. So um, they're still getting volume for the most part. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's tough when, when there's all three of them there. Uh, like you mentioned, it does help that Gronk is out. Um, Brett, Brett did get six targets this past week, but um, it's not like uh, he's a huge threat to their volume. Um, all right. Just some quick hitters. Just let me know, like, do you want to start this player? Like, do you want to find a way to get this guy in your lineup or are you looking elsewhere on your roster? Uh, Devonte Smith. Yeah, I've come around. Yes. Yeah. Start him. Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, they're both in the same range near the 40s, but I like them. Start them. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> can Baker get a little better? I, 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 You can start him. I don't love this matchup against the Chargers, though. Wide receiver 36 for me. He could have had a monster week last week. It just didn't work out with a couple of key drops. So you can have him as a flex. No, not drops. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh. Overthrows. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle with uh, Will Fuller out? Or neither. I mean, or both. No, I like Waddle um, the most of the two, but I have them right back to back. They're going to have to pass against Tampa Bay. So there's some volume there for both of them. There's like a good 45 receivers this week. I, I feel pretty comfortable playing. It's kind of crazy. I wouldn't play Waddle this week, but I think he's going to have a blow up week pretty soon here with the target volume he's been seeing. So keep an eye, but I wouldn't start him this week. Okay, and then uh, finally, uh, Michael Pittman. It's, I mean, this matchup's bad, but you can't ignore this volume. He's 12, 12, and 8 targets over the last three weeks, so start him. He's my wide receiver, 43. There's better options like the guys you've mentioned before, so if don't start him unless you have to. Okay, um, and then, and then, but Allen Robinson, uh, you guys are 11 spots apart on. Eric, you have my wide receiver, 27. Ryan at 38, so... Uh, Robinson, a little tough one to rank, uh, especially a lot of question marks with Justin Fields. I think this one, I'll, I'll just say this, uh, I'll put it this way. If you have a safe roster and you need someone with a lot of upside, maybe you throw Robinson out there, but if you need, if you need to know that you're going to get, you know, 10 points from, from a guy, I, I almost think I'd rather start Renfro than Robinson. If, if you know, you need safe production out of your wide receiver three spot for just your roster construction. So, or, mm-hmm. or for your stomach, you know, acid, you know, just if that's. <laughs> Your heartburn, right? I mean, if you want the safe play, Robinson's not that. Uh, quarterback, I just want to do a couple quick things. Um, Ryan Tannehill is 81% rostered still. Uh, are, we, are we concerned about Ryan Tannehill? Like, should we be looking elsewhere with Ryan Tannehill? It's just this stretch of games is really nice. So you get the Jets, Jaguars, Bills next week, Chiefs. Like, there's, there's going to be some points scored. So it's not great. He needs his receivers back. But um, I don't feel awful about having Tannehill – Depends on who's waivers. Yeah, I think I would rather have guys like Sam Darnold or Joe Burrow over Tannehill at this point, but I would still start him against the Jaguars, against the streamers that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm Ryan Tannehill. You mentioned the Jets matchup being a good. He finishes QB 19 this week. Um, he scored two more points than Jacoby Brissett. Like, I, I just don't know. You know, th- some of the guys that finished in, in the top 10 at quarterback this past week, Sam Darnold, 
Uh, obviously, with the two rushing touchdowns, definitely helped his case. Ta- uh, Taylor Heineke, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Joe Burrow, I think was quarterback 12 this past week. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't know that I see the upside anymore um, in tennis, you know, with this Tennessee offense. I, I agree. But I mean, he can rush for touchdowns. He's had 35 or more passing attempts in three or four games. Uh, it, he just needs some talent around him other than Derrick Henry. Okay. Which of these uh, quarterbacks would you be looking to pick up and, and start if you had someone that you're, you're disappointed in, or if you're like me and just want to get out on Ryan Tannehill? Um, Sam Darnold, uh, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones. Uh, we'll start with those three. Definitely Darnold. I mean, I, I don't know if he's still leading the league in rushing touchdowns, but um, I'm going to ride that one until he cools off some. Yeah, I agree. Sam Darnold, you should feel great about. Uh, the other two, I need to see more. I feel like people are very, very far out on Daniel Jones at this point. I I don't love this matchup, so... I, I mean, maybe he'll get it done on rushing touchdowns like Sam Darnold did against the Cowboys, but it's very possible that we see like a three interception total collapse game from him now. It just feels like it's coming. Like, I think I've been conditioned by Daniel Jones to just assume the rope's going to get pulled back. Yeah, he's a yeah, streamer. Fair. He, he, is, he is the QB 10 on the season so far. Um, quarterback 11, by the way, Derek Carr and quarterback 12 is Kirk Cousins. Um, would you be adding Carr or Cousins over uh, Darnold? I would, I think Darnold has more of a chance to be a weekly starter. The others I'm just kind of streaming. Yeah, I'd agree. I would rather roster Darnold over those two at this point. I have cousins just above Darnold for this week based on matchup, but yeah, I, if I have to ride with one the rest of the year, it's Darnold. Okay. Um, and then let's talk tight end. Um, is Robert Tunyon droppable? Yeah, he is. I think we've seen enough players off of waivers rise up to like Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, that I, I think you can move on. There should have been somebody on your waiver wire. Yeah, I said it last week. Dawson Knox is just Robert Tunyon in a better offense. So you can absolutely drop Tunyon. There's plenty of guys on waivers that I would rather be starting. Okay, yeah, Tunyon's still 72% rostered. I mean, uh, he's been one of the most dropped players. Uh, he lost a uh, 11% roster ship in the last day. So obviously people are starting to get on him, but again, 72% rostered still feels too high. Uh, there's not that many deep leagues <laughs> out there. Uh, Mike Isicki is also 72% rostered again with Wolf Fuller out. Uh, you know, there, there's more uh, or less competition. I should say, especially if they're not throwing a Gaskin. Um, do we feel good about Mike Kosicki? Like, should we be rostering and starting him? Yeah, I mean, now that we got, um, you know, the change of quarterback, he's got 18 targets across the last two games, tight end three and seven finish. So, I mean, that's a tight end. That's going to work. So, yeah, I would start him until uh, we see otherwise. It's It's been working the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it seems like Brissett likes him. So I've got him at tight end 14, which honestly might be a little too low. I have a bit of an anti-Mike Gesicki bias in my <laughs> rankings. But yeah, you can feel good about rostering him and starting him for this week at least. All right, and then the most added tight ends, like – are these guys startable each week uh, or at least startable until we see the, the floor come out from under them? Uh, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, uh, Jared Cook, and Max Williams are the four most added tight ends. Uh, definitely Schultz, 100%. I'm, I'm pretty big on him rest of the season. Knox, uh, you got, you ride the hot hand here. I, I don't know if this is going to last all year, but um, I would be lower on the other options there. Um, Max Williams, I think in a deep league, he, if it was like a two tight end league, he – was involved last week and he's seen a healthy amount of targets lately, but um, I'm not going to buy into him as much. 
Yeah, I mean, Max Williams is kind of the same thesis as Dawson Knox. Like, it's a really high-volume, high-scoring offense where he's just going to poach a touchdown once in a while. Uh, But Williams is older. He's not like a full-time pass-catching tight end. So that makes me a little lower on him. I think in a deep league, he's fine to stash. But the other three, I'm totally fine with streaming, plugging in, starting week to week. Uh, Jared Cook had a nice game. I, I have him all the way down at tight end 19 this week, but I wouldn't feel that bad about starting him. There, there's a lot of tight ends where you can kind of expect like five or six targets, and then the ones that get the touchdown will be the ones that you wanted to play. So it's hard to predict, but Cook's definitely in the mix for me. So just to the Dawson Knox thing, I think a lot of people are concerned because this is it's the same offense as last year. It's the same quarterback as last year. I mean, technically the same quarterback as last two years, but obviously Josh Allen was a different quarterback last year than he was earlier in his career. And we're at we're we're four games into the season and Knox already has half of the receiving yards that he had all of last year. Um, he has more than half of the receptions they had all of last year. Like wh- what is different? A career high already in touchdowns. Why, why is this any different versus just like, he's just been in the right place at the right time. Like, you know, what, why, why should we believe this Dawson Knox? No, I mean, he's absolutely living off the four touchdowns. So you, I mean, you take that out and he's got a high of 49 yards receiving and he's just kind of in the streamer category. It's, it's just this good of an offense. You know, they had a little bit of a change at receiver. Uh, Diggs hasn't been blown up quite yet. I mean, we know that's coming though, but no, it's just, I think it's just a simple tight end is ride the hot hand. And once it goes away, pick up the next one. So I, I just, I don't overthink it with some of these streaming type tight ends, honestly. All right. Uh, with, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I was just going to add that he's played on 74% of the snaps this year. That's definitely better than he was doing last year. So it seems like he's just more consistently involved in the offense and he's going to continue to have these scoring opportunities going forward. Yeah. That's actually a good point because uh, last year, I think Buffalo led the league in four wide receiver sets. Um, Yeah. Knox on the field 45% of the time last year, he's up to 74% of the time this year. So um, just being on the field literally is giving him more opportunities than he had uh, last year. Uh, you mentioned Tyler Conklin as a streamer option for you, Ryan. I mean, he's available in 12% of leagues. Um, is he someone that do you expect? I mean, he week seven is his buy. So there's only two more games of Conklin before you're gonna have to replace him anyway. But is Conklin someone that you, is it just a really good matchup or do you expect that he could have rest of season value? It's a good matchup. And I honestly, I do think he could have rest of season value. I'm not sure that I would drop him on the buy. Like he's been seeing target volume, especially recently. As I said, eight targets in week three, six last week. There's not really a viable third receiver in Minnesota. And it seems like they're going to have to keep throwing. This defense isn't anything special. So I really think he's just going to, again, be in that category of like, five, six targets a week, lock it in. If he scores a touchdown, you're happy. If he doesn't, then you've got like seven or eight PPR points and you're not that happy. But yeah, I think he's a legit option every week going forward. All right. And then uh, what are, who are the top defenses that you're sitting this week? All right. So the top defenses that I will be sitting this week are the Rams because they are playing at the Seahawks. Russell Wilson doesn't get sacked very much. I don't really see how the Rams put up points. It is a short week that tends to favor the defense some, but road underdogs I'm not usually a fan of. And then ditto on the Bills at Kansas City. This is going to be a crazy high scoring game. You don't want to play either defense in there. So all set with both of those. Yeah, Bills are actually the highest scoring defense on the season at 54 points. I mean, they had two fantastic games 
but yeah, you're definitely not playing them against Kansas City. I will say for the Rams, this is the third week in a row that they've been on this list. Um, if you have held on to them throughout this whole time, this is pretty much the last week that you need to sit them. Um, the next matchups are the Giants, Lions, and Texans before they face the Titans, which haven't been that great anyway, and uh, and the 49ers uh, before their bye. So their schedule definitely lightens up compared to this three-week stretch of Tampa Bay, Arizona, and Seattle. So um, if you haven't dropped them already, then you might as well hang on to them for another week probably. But, yep. you know, maybe maybe bench them. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice stretch, though. So I guess it pays off if you took those uh, two combined points from the last two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, the negative one last week definitely not not a good not a good thing. Uh, what are some of the uh, available defenses out there that you're hoping to start this week? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I've got the Cowboys at home against the Giants, and then I would also take another shot on the Raiders at home against the Bears. I mean, if Justin Fields isn't totally unleashed and they can't get this passing game going, I don't really see how Chicago is just going to blow the top off this game. Should be fairly low scoring. The Raiders will probably be able to control the ball for most of it, so I wouldn't mind playing them again. Uh, Minnesota was also one of the most added defenses as they face the lions. Um, how do they compare in your mind to Vegas and, uh, Dallas? Yeah, I don't mind Minnesota this week either. I think they're a decent streamer play. I would probably play Dallas and Vegas above them though. I just have not been impressed with what I've seen so far, just watching the Vikings and seeing all of the yards that they tend to give up these big chunk plays. So I, think they're in streaming contention that I mean anyone really is against the Lions but it's possible that this game goes to garbage time quickly and Jared Goff does what Jared Goff does in garbage time so I would probably prioritize the other two above them all right and then um, to the 37,000 people out there that added the Atlanta Falcons defense because they're playing the Jets it didn't didn't do you any good last week with the Titans playing the Jets they scored a whopping three points so literally go add anyone else because jets can't do it two weeks in a row come on (laughs) well they'll be in london it'll be the london jets it's it's very different you know uh all right uh sorry i know we went long on this one there's so much injury news up front that we had to talk about again we couldn't even talk about urban meyer because there's actual (laughs) relevant stuff to talk about so um again if we didn't get to your player uh don't worry head on over to the sit start article on our website qblist.com Again, every single player, every fantasy relevant player is talked about. Uh, we've got a blurb on all of them. So definitely go check that out. Uh, Eric's rankings will be on the website. Uh, so you can check that out as well. And, you know, as always, join PL Plus and come bug us. Ask us your questions, um, you know, Sunday morning, hopefully this week, Saturday night, as people understand, you know, what's happening in, in London. Uh, the Sit Start channel in our Discord is always hopping with everyone's last minute questions about their lineup. And we're there to help you set your lineups each week. So thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.